episode 98 of Strange Mile Radio. Thanks for listening. I'm back. I'm your host, Tobe Johnson, and today is part three of a three-part series. The last part of talking with Bill and Reef and Alex Whitcomb and now myself. I join in and uh, get involved in some questions here for, for everybody because I'm not an abductee. I'm not an experiencer of what these three are. So I have some some questions here. So that coming up in a moment. Thank you to our sponsor at Feral by Aaron. Over at Etsy, E-R-Y-N, Feral by Aaron. All one word. Check out Alchemy Sound Tools, rattles, deer hide rattles, smudge fans, and drums available for the upcoming holidays. Get started now. Beautiful stuff. You won't find anything like it anywhere else. Feral by Aaron. Okay, we'll be right back. All right, so part three. That's what we're about ready to listen to. As it was last week, Alex remains in the conversation, but I start to have questions of my own regarding the consequences of listening to these creatures and what they're telling you because who are we to say what they're telling you is anywhere near the truth there seems to be a lot of truth in regards to reef and bill's testimony and that's what it is a building testimony of incredible details and the facts that we get into and the evidence provided uh is is still very extraordinary but i want to know more and so instead of taking a back seat i i jump in and uh have some questions regarding the testimony of the creatures and what exactly we can get and look for as far as value for us i mean if we're all just monkeys in a zoo for them a great experiment perhaps gone awry and they can pull the plug at any moment they ultimately are the gods and decide when the great experiment is over, I, I want to know more about why we should even believe that. And so I asked them that really specific question. And then we talk about where Reef has been, what he's experienced, other worlds, other planets, and uh, his own connection to these alien races, the physical attributes that, that Reef has. And the amazing similarity of what all these witnesses are describing, it can't be ignored anymore. And so sit back again, enjoy this final installment with Reef, Bill, myself, and Alex. Here we go. Um, yeah, very interesting to see where all these hinges are landing. It looks like, um, I mean, it looks like at the beginning stretch of a, of a lower intestine. It's mm-hmm. it's got so many crooks and and uh, hinges in it. You wouldn't think it would be anything other than it's a got pretty much the same amount as a human. It's just elongated on from the foot down. You know, there's a reference to a creature like this, I believe, in uh, the Men in Black series too, where somebody has this ability. You don't really know who's an alien in Men in Black until one of the hybrids, you know, shows you what they've been hiding. And I think there is a reference to this, which. It gets into the, a whole other podcast about being, you know, socially warmed up to the phenomena over a period of time, and where these screenwriters get these ideas. Yeah, um, Pre- you know, predictive programming. 
Yeah, predictive yeah. programming. It's very uh, in that whole uh, collective. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you look at guys like, I'll go off on a tangent, but certain writers who knew things, you know, 100 or 200 years, you know, like say H.P. Lovecraft, you know, discovering Pluto and him saying that when this next planet is found, you know, there's going to be more world wars and everything like that. And then to H.G. Uh, Wells and the, uh, I believe it was, yeah, I think it was H.G. Wells who wrote um, Isle of Dr. Moreau. And he was talking about DNA splicing before we knew what DNA was, you know? So it's, it's weird how some people just kind of pick up on these ideas that later on become factual. Yeah. Oh, did I lose you? You did. Hello? Hello. 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 I'm here. Oh, wow. There you are, too. Everything went, everything went dead here. here for a minute. No, i just hitting too many buttons. Real uh, <laughs> real quick here, Bill. Um, I had a, uh, a question for you about the PTSD, um, and you don't have to answer this here, but it may clear up so, some of the confusion. The PTSD, is any of that pre-abduction as well as it blended PTSD and has it been diagnosed? I've been diagnosed with PTSD, uh, panic disorder, mm-hmm. you know, a couple other things. The one thing that I will definitely say is definitely post is uh, uh, <clears throat> Meniere's. I think that's how you pronounce it. The chronic vertigo that just hits you out of nowhere. Okay. I never had that before these experiences and I was diagnosed with that. Um, okay. I think, you know, definitely a, definitely a combination. Cause you see things, even if you aren't in a war zone, mm-hmm. you still see weird things, whether it's someone trying to get out of basic training using a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, using the uh, electric cord of the floor buffer and chucking it off the balcony to, you know, whatever else you're still going to see things that mess with you at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to say it's a cumulative effect mm-hmm. on, from several factors, but I, I will definitely say my panic disorder has gotten much worse. Do either one of you have any, uh, I would say rational, but some would say irrational fear over certain types of animals? Do do they remind you of these things? Have you Kangaroos and ostriches. <laughs> okay. Reef and I have Why... talked about it. I, I don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, boy, that does really well for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but you know what? I, I'm thinking about it now. The silhouette is very similar to one of these things when it comes mm-hmm. to a kangaroo. You know, the way yeah, it, it the way it holds itself. Same thing with around, the ostrich yeah. legs. You know. Mm-hmm. Is it the neck? It's the legs. It's the legs. Gotcha. Okay. You know gotcha. those big, horrific, crickety legs. Gotcha. Okay. Seeing those legs is what's getting you. The size yeah. of them is a, is that about oh. the right size too for the Arcturians? I mean, yeah, something about Austrian. seven feet. Yeah, absolutely. I saw a movie yesterday called The Devil's Gate. Have either of you seen that? No. Okay, worth looking into because the faces on these things not quite right, but the bodies are almost exactly. Okay. Now, what is this? Sorry. Um, in the movie Devil's Devils. Gate. Oh, okay. No, I haven't seen that movie. Okay, okay hold on. I'll see if I can get up some pictures from that of the aliens and show okay. you what I mean. Yeah, anybody listening to this episode, uh, 
Google image Devil's Gate here and check out the bodies on the creatures there to get maybe a closer idea of what the Arcturians yeah. look like. Uh, I want to ask you guys about... Reef, I want to ask you more about the traditional greys, the ones that we've all known through pop culture, which is probably more predictive programming. Um, how close have we gotten it? As far as Whitley Strieber's communion cover, that's the one that sticks out most. Um, is that what we're expected to see if we run into these guys? Um, yeah, it's pretty stereotypical for the predictive programming type stuff like um mm -hmm. but my favorite is in the movie paul where he's like they've been putting my face on lunch boxes and t-shirts and shit just in case l2 species ever do me usually i don't have a fucking spaz attack <laughs> <laughs> yeah now in that one he has an iris too i think there's a, a sclerer you can see yeah. more than just a, a flap shiny yeah which which they do they actually have irises they're just um mm -hmm. the way that most people remember they get stuck on the black bit in the center and then they get mm -hmm. drawn into it so they don't notice the rest about it well we, yeah we even find that in the sasquatch world where most people talk about just seeing a single color or black in color and then mm. people that are close-up witnesses say no there's actually a, a sclera uh on there yeah, it's very definitely. small but um yeah well why do you think that is do you think that their their pupils or their the larger center mass of their eyes is used for something other than uh seeing i mean is it are they nocturnal largely why would that be um yeah the large iris is for better sight in the dark like um mm -hmm. you know uh just using sasquatch as an example again there's videos where people are in complete jet blackness and they can only see because of a night vision camera or something they've got. Mm -hmm. But you can see the Sasquatch watching them in mm -hmm. jet blackness. That's because right. of the bigger iris they're designed to take in every bit of light. Okay. Also, they, um, the Zeta reticular system, where most of the stereotypical greys come from, it's um, their planets are further out. They're colder and they're darker, so they need that adaption to be able to see. Okay. They spend a lot of time underground uh, in rooms like um where humans are going. Like uh, it's, uh, I've always thought it was a pretty good reference to say that like uh, the greys just imagine humans the way that they're going. Everyone just living in their rooms on their computers, in the dark. They're mm -hmm. going to get bigger brains, smaller arms and legs, larger irises to see in the dark. Like it, it's essentially. Just imagine what humans are going to evolve into if they keep going with nothing but technology and keep mm -hmm. stepping away from nature, and that's where we're going to end up. Uh, Reef, I'm going to ask you this. As far as trademarks for people that don't know they've been abducted or they are hybrids, but they uh, are there any things, uh, signs that they can look for physically or otherwise to, to rule mm -hmm. that phenomenon out? A uh, big thing for the eyes that change color. Um, but uh, a lot of people like um that they like to say, "Oh, my eyes go this color and that color," but you'll never see them any other color than the one basic one. As like with my eyes, they can go anywhere from a dark blue through to green through to brown through to yellow. 
like my eyes just always change color. That's well, what, well okay, that's, that's pretty significant, though. This is something that people have, uh, I mean, do you have photographs, Reef, of like different eye color? Um, yeah, I can. I, have a, I, mean, I don't I, take a lot of pictures of myself, but I could get some right. for you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. That's, I mean, that's an amazing, impossible trait. Like I have um, uh, on my eyes, just when they're pretty standard, I've got a dark blue all the way around the very edge and then mm-hmm. kind of goes into a green that goes into brown that takes over most of the eye and gives mm-hmm. them a pretty brown appearance. But if you look okay. real close to my eye, it'll go yellow. And from mm-hmm. two foot away from me, my eye is very green. But it can change to those colors mm-hmm. depending on my mood and how I'm feeling. Well, what about your eye in general, the pupil? Does that ever change shape? Uh, yeah, I can control the size of it and the shape of it. At will? Yeah. Wow, okay. And, and one Bill, time, you, without Bill, fully meaning to, I actually made my iris go completely white. Bill, you don't have that control over your eyes? No, although I I am told my eyes change colors, you know, but it's usually shades of gray and blue, you know, and every so often it's some green gets in there, but, you know, nothing significant like uh, blue to brown and, right. you know, the pupils, pupils stay the same. Alex, what color are your eyes? They're always blue to me. Oh, honestly, <laughs> I haven't looked in, looked in my eyes in years, so I have no idea now. <laughs> You have any questions? Uh, I, I've got I loads think, of questions, dude. I think dude. they're like uh, a gray green. I think my eyes are, but they mm. certainly—I don't think they change color. No. Mm. Yeah, Do you have I'm any more gonna... questions at all, Alex? Um, I think I'm good. I I asked quite a few. Um, yeah. Um, I guess I'd go back to the hybrid thing. Just, um, like how how would one know? If uh, if they're hybrid, do you have to do you have to straight up ask? This is to Reef. Uh, maybe my Reef's off on my the other line. No, no, my mic was off. My bad. Um, okay. Yeah. So for me, I was told from a young age, but that was yeah. because they had a purpose for me. And I mean, I think that when they do the hybridizations, there's varying degrees of success, and depending on what they consider to be successful or unsuccessful is um, depending on how much the person generally gets to know. Hmm. You know my dad always had a, uh, a bedtime story for me. He said that uh, I wasn't born in, in my whole family. I wasn't born. Uh, just one day he was walking out in the woods and he, he found a very, very large egg. So he took it home and it hatched and it was me. <laughs> you know what? That could actually be the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, it came up. It came up this last year, and uh, yeah, I was like, "Well, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe it's a, maybe it's a veiled truth or something right. like that." You know, maybe he knows something uh, that I don't. <laughs> no, I really would not be surprised if it was the truth, man. Yeah. Now, Reef, you've mentioned again, nothing before, really and I want to <laughs> double down on this effort here to have you describe something reef um you said that you've been to these other planets you've stayed there you know you know what the atmosphere looks like what the where these places are describe where you've been and uh maybe one that really sticks out to you 
my favourite would probably be um, Zeta Reticuli B7. It, I think, would be the... Is that right? Now, yeah, right when you said, I think when that's you said what that, there was that weird buzzing sound again. So maybe yeah, that was somebody... me putting... I was asking them if it was correct or not. Okay. Uh, for what we call them from Earth. And uh, they're saying, yeah, that that's pretty much the closest term that like to relate for people. But um, on this planet, essentially, uh, everything seems to kind of be made out of almost like a silicon gel type thing. Everything's got a kind of jelly glaze to it. But um, the planet itself is completely alive. And if you're hungry, you just kind of reach out and let let it know that you're hungry and something there will just appear from the planet itself. It'll just grow up. There you go, food. I'm tired. A bed will form up under you and coat you in this gel. And it's really cool. Okay, so how does it does it appear just out of thin air? No, no, not out of thin air. It actually comes up out of the Earth, but the planet itself. Okay, so you can you can survive on their diet. Are you in full physical form? Um, the planet itself, based on your dietary needs, will give you what it's actually like. It, mm-hmm. it can sense you, and it's like, okay, you're made of this, and this is what your body needs to function, gotcha. and it draws that okay. out and gives you what you need. Okay. Well, wow. And it are sounds you like a to... wonderful planet. <laughs> right. It really is. The ultimate right, fast uh, food. Yeah. Next astral travel, B7. Hell yeah. Now, yeah, are you... The are you... has the A and B suns, so it's the B sun seven planet. Reef, are you free to just roam about when you're there? I mean, do you have handlers with you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I generally, um, uh, probably the most fun I ever had was when they decided they were going to teach me how to fly one of their uh, battleships, <laughs> the little, essentially our equivalent of a jet fighter. And I jumped in it, and it's like, yep, cool. And I just punched it, and they were like, fucking No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I shot about three or four light years in a matter of sex and seconds, and I was just like, whoa, okay, I'm going to easy up on that now. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, Alex, any questions about the, the home planet? I mean, this we're not talking astral travel here at, at all from Reef's perspective. We're talking physically going there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a pretty complex layered issue and it may be the last time you have uh, a chance to talk to somebody who's actually done this hmm. oh, it won't be lost time I'll definitely make time to talk again because I don't think we're going to be able to cover everything well yeah no, sure probably take a but, few uh, more before we've got it all yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right given the state of the world I, I, I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple months here but uh well, let me ask you that. Maybe that, and maybe we touched on it a little bit here. But uh, Reef or Bill, what do your instincts tell you, or what do your handlers tell you about Earth and what we can expect the next six months to year? The year. Uh, yeah, if I may. Um, Agenda twenty one, twenty twenty one. It's the beginning for 
um, the Project Blue Beam and the depopulation and all that kind of stuff. Look at the Georgia Guidestones. Look at, you can Google Agenda 21. They are not hiding it at all anymore. And they've also got what they're referring to as Agenda 30, which is where they want to be by 2030, which is essentially with uh, at least half the population of the planet reduced. And they've, um, Project Bluebeam is a, uh, well, Operation Bluebeam, to be more precise, is a, um, essentially hologram from the skies where they can project sounds directly into people's heads and make people think that they're seeing an alien invasion and make people think that there's a whole heap of evil crap going on, but there actually isn't. They want to create panic and chaos, and it's the people who are smart enough to stay calm and know that what they're seeing is not real. And it's the people who are going to be able to fight and uh, like fight mentally, not physically, because they don't want that. They want people who are going to be able to stay calm and rational during all of this. And that's how we're going to get through it, by being calm and rational. Because if we panic and we act like idiots, uh, going back to, like you said, in Men in Black, a person is smart, cool, calm, collected. People are panicky, stupid, and dangerous. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, very true. I'd like to, uh, just real quick, if I can bring something up. Um, do you remember that TV show Jesse Ventura had um, several years ago? It was all about conspiracies. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there was that one show that literally predicted the corona. You know, they said that the the wealthy were working on a on a virus that they could control to uh, cull the population. And pretty interesting that I think they gave it like within a decade time release, and mm -hmm. that's happened. Um, it, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that a man-made uh, virus has started crippling a population or affecting a population adversely. I mean, yeah, you know the. I mean, even as far back as, uh, I mean, I should get the dates. I don't want to speak out of term, but when all that chaos was going on down in Mexico and uh, President Obama said, you know what, we're going to send some troops down there, get this shit sorted out. I think they sent down a bunch of scientists from the military and then uh, people started getting the swine flu. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden you didn't hear about the military going down to Mexico anymore but people were starting to get really sick down there. And then that of course spread over the border. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think future is going to be rocky, but people need to start not just thinking of themselves. You know, people need yeah. to need to help each other out, try to stay mm -hmm. calm, not be alarmist, but also at the same time, have a degree of common sense, which mm -hmm. You know, especially in this country, the further left or right you go, the more devoid of common sense one seems to get nowadays. The, the easiest thing with that, for, if people could just remember, it doesn't matter whether it's the left wing or the right wing, they're both the same bird and it wants to eat you. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the middle bird, too, ironically. Yeah. Hey, um, both of you guys, as far as what you both described with project blue beam and agenda 21 which is a very real program it's been around for quite a while there's books written about it uh, uh you know i can think back eight years ago there was a, uh, a hardback book written about agenda 21 by glenn beck and he was screaming at the top of his lungs you know about uh <clears throat> what 
Agenda 21 looks like. So it is very real. I haven't heard a project or Agenda 2030, but as far as these narratives, humanity trying to control these narratives over the the absolute control of what you're saying is our makers. I mean, you called us monkeys or lab rats. Why are they letting us control this narrative here? Um, why would, how far are they actually going to let this, you know, run the clock? I would, I would guess if I can go first, Reef. Yep. I think we're that. Uh... Oops, Bill. Uh, start again, Bill. Hit unmute. Go ahead. Start from the top. Are we all right there? You got me? Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's all right. Um, I think at this point, if, you know, we, we lean into that whole, you know, DNA splicing and the Anunnaki, uh, I think we've become Frankenstein monsters at this point. You know, we're, we're not manageable. Um, when you look at the world, the mass populations, uh, we're ruled by fear, you know, whether that's some sort of dogmatic fear or fear of the state or even fear of the unknown. And you take, you know, a couple billion frightened humans and nothing good will ever come of that, you know? Um, I think if we, if we were that lab experiment, you know, I think we've gotten well out of hand at this point. And I think that, you know, let's say, for example, aliens did land. Let's say they land in your yard, right? And they say, hey, you know, we want to help you get this shit sorted out how many people would automatically think they're the bad guys just because they look different or just because they're, you know, not from here or don't have the same ideology we do. I mean, it, it, it couldn't work. I, I would like to hope and believe it would that people would welcome that with open arms, but you would always have people who are like, no, this is, you know, this doesn't bode well for us in any way. It's just, it's human nature to react with fear and violence, unfortunately. But that is based on the religious concepts that have been forced down people's throats for the last two, two and a half thousand years. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's definitely they, a dogmatic believe that. Oh, no, it looks bad. So that's a demon. It doesn't matter if it says it's come here to help because the devil is going to try to lie to us. So that's a demon and it could only be here for bad reasons. Oh yeah, there there are entire. That's what I get like, We've got to let go of religion to move forward as a species. Yeah, so I would I know. would buy into that. Alex, what are your thoughts? Alex is uh, on another. They got him. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> now, I just got back through the window. They had me. Excellent. <laughs> Did you Welcome hear that back. last point? They were basically saying that uh, world religions right now um, have uh, caused a lot of these problems here. I myself would say, yeah, there is a possibility uh, uh, part of that is true, but uh, most, a lot of this damage has been done as far as totalitarian governments underneath the lack of religion without there being any profound moral standard at all in the uh, state no. rules. Yeah, Can I stop yeah, you there with um the religion. If you actually read the Bible, mm -hmm. and you actually pay attention to what it says, it is completely immoral. Everything that they're doing is basically by the book for their Bible. So in in the Bible, it says that if your daughter is raped, you got to kill her. 
in the Bible it says that you can sell your daughter. Yeah, you can. Um, yeah, uh, if a dude sleeps with an animal, this is in the Bible. If a dude sleeps with an animal, you got to kill the animal, but the dude uh, he's just got to take some penance or something. Well, let me ask you this, right. Reef. Do they have really messed up crap in that? Yeah, book. Reef. Do they have a religion at all? Do they worship anything? Do any of these entities worship anything? Worship? No, because worship means to serve, and the only thing that we are in service to is nature. And do they all feel that way? Yes, but they um, what humans refer to as the Akashic record mm-hmm. is something that is known and visited and shared among virtually all species. Okay, Bill, what do you say to that? You know, I... That that was it again. Yeah, I heard that buzz. Oh. I guess they're... Yeah, I heard that with you. Am I, am I on? Yeah, yep. you're on. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm sorry, the... Can you rephrase the question, please? Well, sure. Now, we're first of all, we're competing with a weird insect buzzy sound here, which... Um, is still an anomaly and uh, anyway interesting radio no Bill I was saying in particular um, we're talking about these entities having their own spirituality and whether or not you feel as though they're religion yeah (laughs) right well in regards to where spirituality leads do you think that they have anybody that they feel is a deity they are deities in their minds you know I I wouldn't hazard a guess. However, there are, you know, there are some books out there and there are some uh, groups out there, you know, mm-hmm. say down in Mount Shasta, a lot of people are into the whole Lemurian UFO thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, they look at the aliens as ascended masters or believe that the uh, aliens are deity in their own right. Um I would just like to, you know, religion in and of itself isn't bad. It's, you know, the more extreme you get. Um, and as you said, Toby, it's also a lot of the fear generated is by those totalitarian governments. So no matter what, we we are controlled by fear in some manner as a species. Right. Um, and again, we touched on this last time. Even the Catholic Church said it's okay to believe in UFOs, which – would lead one to believe, okay, well, what do they know? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's no secret the Vatican's got a storehouse of information that isn't uh, privy to the public. Um, As far as their spirituality, I would love to be able to sit down one-on-one with some of them and discuss that if I ever get the chance. Right. You know, just for my own curiosity – um, but again, I, I haven't had as many experiences or as much one-on-one time with something not as threatening to where I could actually ask those questions, if that makes sense. Right, because this all stems to a greater question as far as what the ethics are here. I mean, you guys have been taken against your will. You don't offer up your services just to go you know with them freely i would imagine at all times yeah, maybe reef a little bit more than bill but uh, the there seems to be them. i told him come and get me off fight you right but they do what they damn well please and that's yep. uh very 
I mean, I would use the word evil. Yeah, well, you know, um, that would make humans evil. Exactly. I was going to say, you know, if they did have a hand in us, you know, where did we learn our our methods from? You know, we would have learned it from them. Look mm -hmm. how we treat anything that we think is beneath us. I mean, even mm -hmm. human on human, you know, slavery, mm -hmm. uh, racism, you know, if, if right. some people think something's mm -hmm. below them, we don't treat them with any degree of kindness. Right, but we have people watching the gate for these people. Since we have people that have Europe. ethics and people that watch the gates for this kind of behavior, we have systems of punishment. Do they have a system of punishment for ones that get out of line? Well, what is out of line? Well, eating people. But we eat animals. Okay. That's, we don't get punished for that. Right. And I, well, do you... Bill, do you Some think there's a difference to... between humans and animals? Uh, you know, we could wax philosophical about that for a long time. Um, <laughs> yes, we could. That's what we're yeah. doing. <laughs> I, and it's hard to say, because if we're looking at a life form that theoretically is thousands of years or millennia more evolved than us, they're going to have right. their own system of rights and wrongs. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Who are we to, to look at that and hold that into judgment? I mean, we hold each other in judgment enough. Mm. Um, I would like to think that that um, there are those out there who, who do give a crap and maybe have kept the planet from getting worse than it is. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you can read a lot of stories about UFOs visiting nuclear sites and shutting that shit down, you know? Oh, yeah. That meteor that, that hit over Russia that you can see the video of the UFO come in and blow it up. Yeah, I mean, there there have been documented accounts um, mm. of things kind of acting for our best interest. Now, we have to consider if that's right or wrong. You know, I have no doubt that if a UFO went to the Pentagon and said, look, we just took all your nuclear weapons because you guys don't know what the hell you're doing. Do you really think our government leaders would be okay with that? Or do you think that we would that our leaders would take they that as a direct to shoot at them. Right, but they are they stopping are, <laughs> are they stopping the the missile because of the ethics or are they stopping because it's not practical? Right, you know, I mean and it it uh, that, I mean as far as the aliens are concerned, if they if they, they lack have or, their own interests. Uh-huh, right. And it's not it's it's not morally based. Uh I'd say it'd be more based on if the nuke's going to take out who those they consider to be people worth knowing, right. keeping, or their hybrids or whatever, then they're not going to let that happen. But if so it's it, just going to wipe out a mm -hmm. patch of desert, they're not going to intercept. I mean, it sounds very authoritarian. It sounds like everything that we despise. Right. Right, it, it but, does. Um, but the thing no, is, that if you let's... look at humanity as an actual whole and what they actually do, there's no difference. Right. Yeah. The way that humans treat animals in the zoos and all that kind of stuff, like the, right. these guys are probably nicer than humans are to their animals. And you know, and again, let's playing devil's advocate. Let's say mm. they do have the best of intentions. All right? right. All these, all these beings come here and are like, look, you guys are gonna really screw the pooch you know <laughs> i still say that the overwhelming majority of people because people are distrustful and fearful it's how 
you know, our populations have been conditioned and controlled. Mm-hmm. You know, again, if an alien got on your show next week and said, hey, we're taking all your nukes because we don't want you to have them and, you know, destroy your gift of a planet. There are going to be people in power who are like, no, that's a direct challenge. You know, and even if mm-hmm. those intents were benevolent. Right. People are going to get whipped into that frenzy of, you know, you have no right to do this. You can't take away our, our freedom of choice or, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so you bring up a, a good are, point. But we can, and you can't stop us. <laughs> right. You br- you both bring up a good point with that because I know that uh, when Commander Flavor, Flavor, Commander Fravor uh, was talking about the radar jamming of the Tic Tac overneath the Nimitz out the Pacific, that yeah. was what put it in the classification as being, a, you know, an enemy. Um, you know, a, uh, that, w- that was a, an act of war. And so would these be acts of war from blocking or jamming? I've even heard of uh, possible UFOs activating uh, a if nuclear missile. If someone's about to shoot then... you, standing there with a gun pointed at you and this person's about to shoot you, but you've got a mental power where you can make them put the gun down, does that make you the bad guy or them the bad guy? Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a... So no, blocking their weapons right. is not an act of war. It's protection, self-preservation. Right. And, I mean, you have to get into this area here, the minutia of of the psychology of what we're thinking about, because we're thinking about this as humans right now. We're talking about something that doesn't have the same mind as us. (laughs) Right. No, absolutely. And, you know, let's, let's, let's also look at it from their point of view. Let's say, you know, I'm sure you've read articles where, you know, they have to, hybridize their race because they can't breed you know we've read those stories in the past and you know maybe they're trying to save us to serve them in a greater purpose such as you know the way we the way we treat lab monkeys and rats you know maybe they need us to get to be tested on you know like oh okay there's a new space virus let's work it out with the human and get an antibody you know so even if they're saving us from that kind of a gray space the way mm-hmm. you know we take care of animals and pets you know is that does that morally make it right or wrong mm-hmm. if they want to save us i mean if they it's one thing if they say look you know we're all peace and love and we just want to help you no one's going to believe that here right versus hey you know we need your species to do these medical tests and we've been doing them for thousands of years um, and this is why we need your species alive. So we're going to mm-hmm. take your nukes. You know, is is there really that much of a difference, morally speaking? But, right. It just sounds like their interests are different than our interests, and there'll be a, there is a conflict, morally speaking, on their interests. Right. Alex, how do you feel about what we're talking about? I don't feel like we're in the weeds. I, I, I feel like we're going to some place important. Yeah, I think we just have to be really careful about projecting uh, human values, um, you know, culturally, cultural values, and uh, even even philosophical um, notions on a species, you know, we really have no knowledge about. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, I see this time and time again in uh, in uh, you know encounter interviews and and whatnot is is where um people automatically just kind of 
I don't. I guess it's a subconscious thing or whatnot. Where they just they just gloss over the intentions uh, of of this particular th these beings with with their with human values and, and human um, human um, cultural values. So I I think we just have to be really careful about that. Right. What is that? Is that called anthropomorphizing uh, the mm -hmm. situation here, trying yeah. to attach yeah. our our values to it? But yeah, as far as your experience, life. Alex, I mean, what, how do you feel about uh, having an opinion on this? Um, as far as my experience goes, mm -hmm. um, I, I I tried really hard not to do that. You know, I, I felt myself going there, um, trying to trying to understand, you know, why this happened to me and what they were there for and their intentions. Um, but at the end, it, it was all assumptions and I couldn't, I couldn't put like my limited uh, knowledge of being a human at my limited experience of being a human, uh, my limited cultural value, my limited values. Um, I, I could not um, put those on, on that experience as uh, on them as mm -hmm. as an assumption i just uh it's it's not fair to the experience and it's not fair to me right no, well, it's not fair to them well yeah and it's almost not fair for you guys to have somebody's that's not an abductee uh question your motives i'm certainly not questioning anybody's motives here but as someone who's an experiencer over interaction with the other I can tell you firsthand that it is very similar because you end up in these gray areas where the secrets don't reveal themselves. Communication is always at an arm's length. They only give you what you want. If uh, somehow you trick them, sooner or later it's going to you know, blow up in your face. So there, there is the similarity with the interactions I've had. But uh, as far as being taken... Um, and possibly operated on or having implants, um, that's something that I don't think will ever happen to me. Well, yeah, well, hey, Toby, yeah, get someone to check the back of your don't neck. Don't talk so fast there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, none of us, I can you guarantee you, none of us thought it would happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a fast runner. Um, <laughs> yeah. When you, you, uh, <laughs> right you know last time uh reef and i were talking alex we were talking about the the overwhelming reports that come out of australia for this type of thing have you noticed yeah. that yourself yeah well the, isn't there like whole documentaries about it too uh what is it mm -hmm. australia australian skies is it um yeah i've heard australian skies love it I think it, oh yeah, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Australian, um, yeah. Uh, Australia does seem to be like a mm. hot spot country, right? A hot spot uh, uh, geographical area. Right. Um, I've always felt the draw to go there ever since I was a co uh, kid. I don't know why. It's just maybe it's the the mystique of the place, but. Uh, yeah, um, 
definitely the anomalous nature mm -hmm. of the skies there. And even, I mean, well, hell, everything. Uh, look at their their version of uh, uh, Sasquatch. The Yowie stories coming out of Australia mm -hmm. are incredible. You know? Yeah. All right. And Bill, uh, you're located in southern Washington, right? Uh, that is correct. Okay. And, of course, we have our our own issues down there. Um, well, I'll tell you what, guys, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and close out here. And in closing, um, I know that, uh, Alex, uh, isn't involved, uh, on the thread here that we're all involved with. So Alex, would you mind if I include you in on this thread so they can reach out to oh, you? Please do. Yep. Totally. Okay. And yeah. so with the, the information that we got, um, you know, the description here, we got specific about a lot of stuff, and uh, Alex, are you going to be working to hone in some details? Heck yeah, yeah. I'm going to do some sketching initially. You know, working working with Reef and Bill. I hope that's okay, mm -hmm. guys. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, Definitely. we'll do some do some sketching. Get proportions right. Get features right. Uh -huh. um, once we get it to a point where we, everybody puts their thumbs mm -hmm. up in the air, uh, yeah. yeah, love to do a Photoshop version and really make it uh look uh, look quite good okay any uh any final comments from anybody yeah you know i would uh i'd like to encourage if there are any other veterans out there or first responders who have had any type of experience that uh, they should definitely reach out to you uh i know there's a lot more a lot more going on i know where i was stationed MPs had to visit and take statements from people. Um, you know, even on the big island when I was in Hawaii, uh, there are quite a few sightings and USO incidents. So if you're out there listening, you know, step up, let your voice be heard. It is, uh, it's good to know you're not alone. The more people talking, the harder it is to ignore. Uh -huh. Perfect. Great, great interview, guys. Thanks for uh, providing your time. And um, I don't think it'll be uh, too long before we reach out either here or on the web somehow. Alex, thanks for making an exception here to hey, Ales and thanks. Tales. And, uh, thanks a lot, man. You know. And Reef, Bill, uh, appreciate, really appreciate the chance to talk to you guys. So uh, good, talking good to you, chatting dude. with you. Yeah. Oh, sitting here, man. I'll, I'll shoot you a message in a little bit. Sounds yeah, I'll good. add you. All right, All right. Take care, guys. All right, Toby. All right. Take it easy. Bye -bye. Cheers. Well, there you have it. All three episodes. I think that's the first three-parter episode we've done. And uh, I think it worked out pretty good. Smooth transition between the subject. I know we, we kind of picked up midstream here in part three from part two. There was really no other way to cut it and edit together. So if you didn't uh, understand what was going on with us going right into part three, go back and listen to the end of part two and then go to episode part three. But anyway, uh, I'm still talking to those guys off and on, uh, sending pictures back and forth. Reef did send me a video of his pupil and his eyes. And he did that immediately. And there's something weird going on in this video because there looks like a slit in the right eye forming that is not present in any of the other pictures that he showed me. So he sent me a video of his eyes, what looked like to be getting darker, and then this pupil 
has a vertical slit coming out of it, the right pupil. So I don't know if you can gleam anything from the right eye holding more power than the left eye. Of course, that goes into all sorts of uh, differing beliefs on what the eye, right and left eye have to do with your walk with the spirit. Very interesting uh, video. So maybe I can share this kind of stuff. You have to be careful. I mean, they're showing their faces for crying out loud. But uh, it, fascinating stuff. All sorts of fascinating stuff available also in the archives at strangebowradio.com. Go check it out. Hey, it's uh, it's hoodie time. What better way to support the show and look fashionable to your fellow man and fellow woman than getting yourself a Strange Bow Radio hoodie. It's got our logo on it. It's got the profile of the pineal gland, Sasquatch emblazoned in matte black on three different colors of these premium hoodies my only suggestion is is get yourself a size bigger i hear they run a little bit small but cozy premium hoodies no joke um i've got myself one i'm telling you no better hoodie that i know of than a strange brow radio hoodie also, if you would like to be a guest on the show, give me a little email, strangebrowradio@gmail.com. Don't forget the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Radio. Thank you to the new members of Patreon that have signed up here. I shan't forget you. And uh, hey, after October 31st, expect a whole lot more material coming your way. Remember, we're switching the seasons after Halloween. So don't lose track of Strange Brow Radio. All right. I will see you in the trees.